Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have real estate mogul and CEO of Rostegar Property Company, Ari Rostegar. He's been called the king of Austin real estate, and his new book called The Gift of Failure will be released on September 27th. Coming up, I talked to Ari about growing up in an immigrant family in Austin, how he turned a $3,000 loan into a real estate empire, and why he believes everything that he's achieved was forged through failure. Up next, Ari Rostegar. Let's go. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. The People's Choice Podcast Awards listener nomination window is now open through July 31st. You can help me, the Renaissance Man, get on the final ballot by going right now do this right now podcastawards.com and nominating this show in three categories best entertainment best black hosted and best society slash culture categories make sure you represent download the podcast refer a friend refer a family member refer a co-worker make sure you and they Leave a five-star rating because this week's theme is really personal. It's called failing forward. We all experience failure in different forms. And learning from our failings is necessary for success. It's how we become better partners, better parents, better bosses, better people. But this kind of learning also means sitting uncomfortably with our own mistakes to try and better understand. How and why did that just happen? And trust me, that's never easy. Because facing failures, you know what that does? It requires us to face facts and experiences that can sometimes feel embarrassing or even shameful. So I ask you, when you look in the mirror, do you see your manager, your agent, your representative, or do you see reality? There's a reason why when you're sitting in a vehicle, The windshield is far superior in size than the rear view mirror. You know why? Because what's happening in front of you is vastly more important than what already took place. So again, remember, remember that a setback or a failure 
isn't a reflection of who you are as an individual. As hard as it can be, accepting and understanding failure is an important life skill. One way to do that is pretty simple. Start discussing your mistakes. Doesn't matter if they're big or small. Have an honest conversation with someone you actually trust. You'll be making an environment, creating a space where failure can meet curiosity and not shame. Not only will your failings not seem as big as they were in your mind, but the lessons from them will be crystal clear to you. That's how you become stronger and wiser and ready to meet your success head on. My next guest knows all about being introspective about his personal and professional life. Ari Rostegar is a successful real estate developer and business visionary who isn't afraid to talk about where he went wrong. He's the actual definition of the word self-made. Coming up, I talked to Ari about his humble beginnings that included working at multiple burger and pizza restaurants, what his biggest business flops taught him, and how becoming a parent gave him a new perspective on his work. Up next, Ari Rastagar. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. You may know my next guest as a real estate developer, the founder and CEO of Rastagar Property Company, and a leader of the next generation of real estate managers. Ari Rastagar grew up in Texas as an Iranian immigrant teen with a stutter. He started out working at burger and pizza joints. Now he's on track to be the youngest billionaire in real estate. It is my honor to welcome Ari Rastagar to the Renaissance Man podcast. Jalen, when you sound, say it, it sounds a lot cooler than when I say it in my head. <laughs> I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for taking the time. And you spoke in publicly about how you started your company with $3,000 while you were in law school. What parts I of did. your upbringing do you think gave you the tools to get you to where you are today? Being hungrier than shit and getting kicked in the teeth every day. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the politically correct answer, but... Uh, that's what it is. As, as you said, my, my dad was a Iranian immigrant. My mother is German. Um, I was born here in Austin, Texas, which Austin has become, uh, you know, probably the, the hottest real estate market in the United States of America. It's not like I'm biased or anything being one of the <laughs> largest owners in the city, but, um, I think the math kind of speaks to that, but I'm the kid that never was supposed to make it, man. Like, you know, and I, and I think, uh, a lot of your listeners and uh, a lot of folks that, that you deal with can 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 share that similar thing. Like mm -hmm. I had to go to seven years of speech therapy, as you insinuated, mm. just to learn how to talk again and mm. with the stutter and a lisp. And what I want to know is, you know, what crazy person put an S in the word lisp? Like, did you were they trying right. to just like humiliate us just like right. to be like for sport? Right. Um, but but 
but anyways, man, like I, I like I'm not the smartest guy in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, like Will Smith, um, you know, said many years ago, they asked him, you know, how he became, you know, one of the highest paid celebrities in the world and this, that and the other. And um, and he said, look, I'm not the best actor. I'm not the, ne- the sexiest, this, that or the other. But if you and I get on a treadmill side by side, either you're getting off first mm. or I'm going to f- die. Mm. And and I've taken that work mentality because I had to go to and a lot of people don't know this is I had to go to two community colleges before I even got into Texas A&M, mm. um, you know, and I was an English major graduate top of my class, couldn't afford to go to law school after delivering pizzas um, through Texas A&M and then used my scholarship money and borrowed three thousand bucks to start the firm. And mm. in the past um you know, six years, seven years since I started, we went from three, 3,000 bucks, let's say, give or take to, we have over a billion in production and hundreds of millions of dollars on, on balance sheet. And, uh, to say the least, we're, we're not stopping because the opportunity is still there. And I've said this time and time again, the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. My God. And people will see you now and underestimate your journey to rise to being the youngest billionaire in real estate at age 39. So I have to ask you, take me back to where you were working at the burger spot. I got you. I remember I remember it like it was yesterday. And to dovetail on your point, my book that comes out, it pre-released um, about a week ago. And we had a, um, this is my shameless self-promotion that my publicist is making me doing. It's called the, it's called the gift of failure. Mm. And I say that with the highest Mm. level of humility and that, you know, I I see all the glitz and the glam and the, you know, the Rolls Royces and, you know, I've had my jet, had my stuff and I trust me, it's the same cheeseburger, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And I know one thing for certain is that the failures and the missteps and all the things that came along, were imperative for me to get to wherever I was going. So even when I was, you know, you know, flipping burgers at Johnny Rockets. So some of y'all mm. might remember Johnny Rockets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so I wore the little funny top hat and I'm singing Frank Sinatra to a ketchup bottle. And one day I flipped the thing up in the in the air, try to, you know, be all fancy and spread ketchup all over everybody sitting there in the stand. And, and the, the, the dry cleaning bill was like was more than like my weekly pay. But um yeah, and then I worked at Double Dave's Pizza, Domino's Pizza and um, you know, throughout Texas A&M, just trying to put stuff together, man. And um, it, the thing that I think people, they miss in a lot of ways, and, 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 I, and I certainly did myself, and I wrote a whole book about this quite, quite literally, is people oftentimes don't know where they're going. Mm. You know, and I was very blessed at a very young age to know where I was going. Mm. Okay. And so even without, and people say, oh, I don't have the resources, I don't have the money, I don't have this, I don't have that. That's all fine. But it's not about resources. It's about being more resourceful mm-hmm. and, and knowing where you're going and knowing where you're after, no matter what modality you're in, no matter what business, no matter if you're an athlete, you're a business person, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a father, you're a mother, any role. Like you have to know your objective. It's like a GPS. Like if you mm. you can have the best car in the world, the best mm. tires in the world, the best mm. intentions in the world, and you're in New York and you're trying to drive to California. If you mm-hmm. drive south, you ain't getting to California. Correct. You know, and so there's something to be said about that 
like knowing what that is, at least to the best of your ability. And I tell people like they say, well, how am I going to do that? I'm like, well, how is none of your business? Mm -hmm. It's the what and the why. If you know Mm -hmm. what you want and why you want it, Mm -hmm. the how is going to reveal itself in the process. And I knew even flipping burgers, you know, whatever, I was going to flip the best damn burger ever made. I'll I'll tell you Mm -hmm. right now, we can go toe to toe. And I still promise you, I probably make one of the best pizzas in America Mm. because that was my work. And and I, no matter how big or small a job Mm. is, I treated it, you know, like it was the most important thing in the world because it was one stepping stone to that next level. Um, And I always viewed it that way. And I've always thought that as one of the greater blessings that I've had is, is, is to know that deep inside that I'm supposed to do something that matters for other people mm-hmm. that I can actually serve, whether mm-hmm. that was a waiter, whether that was a pizza guy or whether that's creating, you know, great living or uh, the apartment buildings we're building, the master plan com- uh, communities we're building is all about that obsession with that mm-hmm. end user and like how we can make things better, more affordable, more efficient um, and take the, the, the me out of the equation and make it the, you know, cliched kind of we, so to speak. So in the era of people ordering out and dining out so very much, working in pizza places, working in burger joints, tell me some of the deep, dirty secrets that people may or may not notice actually happening with their food. Yeah. I, all I got to say is be nice to your waiter. <laughs> you know, be nice to your waiter. And, and I'll tell you, it's actually a good philosophy for life. Like anything Correct. that's that's true is you can judge a human being by how they treat what appear to be the underlings. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a point of superiority. Yeah. Trust me. If a kid like me, like I said, Same can make thing. it or do anything, yep. I ain't better, bigger than nobody, mm-hmm. you know. And, and even even this this suit that I'm wearing, like when you don't know much, you got to dress well because maybe they think mm-hmm. you know more than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> but at the end of the day, there's so much to be said about how you treat people. Mm-hmm. And what I've tried to do at Rastigar as a firm is marry the data analytics, the spreadsheet, the numbers, let's say the maybe the cold part of what it means to be a business person mm-hmm. with humanity, mm-hmm. with the human element, with those things so that so that there's always a checks and balances between what might look like. I passed on deals that penciled phenomenally on paper and I've done deals that looked on paper that didn't pencil as well as maybe the bank wanted to see and we did really well. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the other ones, right, that looked like we were going to make a bunch of money didn't always turn out that way, so we didn't do them. Mm-hmm. So the, the point is... Um, I hate when people say life is long it's not. because, you know, it, 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 it's not like it's, it, not. It, it's short. No, we have time and we'll do this later and we'll get to that and being whatever. But in reality, during COVID, during the, you know, we started to see how precious and fragile life really is. And mm-hmm. not just from a place of people passing from even your, you know, your work friends and things of that nature that you meet with, you know, that were we were, we were working remotely. I think that was so traumatizing to a lot of people because we lost that tribal element that mm-hmm. makes us humans of collaborating mm-hmm. and breaking mm-hmm. bread and talking yep. and interacting. And it's why right. I've been a huge proponent of people going back to the office. And Elon said the other day that basically if you're not going to be back in the office, you're fired. Mm. And, and, and it, it was and it was a very, very heavy handed move. But all of these things play into each other. But how you treat people 
ultimately is a reflection of how you treat yourself. And I think that's the point. So if you're one of those people that's being rude to this guy, that guy, whatever it is, chances are your internal dialogue with yourself is also mm-hmm. very polluted as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm imp- that, that's, that's extremely important to me. Even when I was poor, being what I call a please and thank you kind of person, being the kind of person, as you were mentioning, that's nice to people, quote unquote, that can't do anything for them. Beautiful. And that trait is a life trait to me that puts you on the road towards success. And that's what you were saying about having the GPS. When that is out of kilter and you don't know how to treat people, I think that does affect your trajectory. You nailed it. And in, in another way to put it, like, uh, is true north. Like, you're, you miss true north of whatever, mm. you know, whatever that is, you know, for you. Because a big belief, and I talk about this in the book a little bit, and one of the tentative titles of the book when I wrote it was What I've Learned Thus Far. Mm. It's kind of like, is the way that I thought about it, like, in my mind when I was putting it together. Um, and, and, and that's exactly right, because people try to separate business or whatever their vocation is with life. And I think that's a a huge mistake because Mm -hmm. you are an extension of your business. You Mm -hmm. are an extension of, you know, who you are on and off the court. We've seen Mm -hmm. the athletes that have done it really well, Mm -hmm. you know, in support of their communities. We've seen the athletes that maybe could have done it better. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, no judgment either way to each their own. But at the end of the day, you it's it's you. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- so whenever something had gone wrong in the business or it needed to improve or something of the sort, the first thing I do is I call my life coach who I've had for over 11 years, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm and I, a, a, a big proponent of watching, you know, success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. Right. So does failure. So if you look yeah. at the most successful performers yeah. in the world, they all mm-hmm. got coaches. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that Phil Jackson or Tim Grover could have guarded Jordan or Kobe, mm-hmm. but they damn sure had someone that could have pointed out what those mm-hmm. things are, mm-hmm. you know, in order to have them improve. And so this is one of the big ones is whenever things had gone a different direction, I've always put it on me mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in almost in a very unreasonable way, maybe to most people's mentality. But I look to say, what could I have done better? How can I make this? Like, what could I do? How can I change? What's, mm-hmm. you know, and in the more that I've done that, uh, which is painful, Mm-hmm. And sucks, quite mm-hmm. ra- quite frankly, because you have to look mm-hmm. at your whole self. And yes. a lot of times what you see in the mirror, you don't like. Correct. Um, but with that said, um, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson in his you know famous essay, Self-Reliance, which I urge everybody to read. And if you were going to read my book or read that, for the love of God, read Self-Reliance and do not mm-hmm. read my book. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, written by the master himself. But but he talks about that that concept, that self-reliance. And that doesn't mean, you know, that, you know, business and life isn't team sports because, you know, it's not tennis, it's basketball. Like mm-hmm. everybody has to play a position and we're out here to win, win rings. We're not out here to stat stuff. Right. Right. So. And so that's the main the main takeaway is you are that extension. You are your business. Build you want an empire, build yourself into an empire. Mm. You want a big business, mm. you want to be rich, solve mm. a big problem. Mm. You solve a big problem for somebody, mm-hmm. you're gonna mm-hmm. see big dollars. Mm-hmm. That that and, and, and that inspiration and that reality is like you were describing, is when you look in the mirror, do you see yourself or your representative? 
Beautiful. And, and, and when, when you start to be able to unpack that, that puts you in position to allow your goals to actually happen. You know, but I also have to ask you this. You're an expert at what you do. So many times people get discouraged because they don't have what's considered money to make their goals happen, right? So if you were going to advise somebody that wanted to start off in real estate, whether it's a house that's 50000 a house that's 150000 or anything in real estate, what would you advise somebody that's trying to start small and hope to build themselves a real estate empire? Yeah, it's, it's a fabulous question. And uh, what I've come to learn is that sometimes questions are the answer. You want the right answer, ask the right question. Um, and I talk about it a little bit in the book, uh, but ultimately it comes down to, again, there, there's, a, there's a great quote that I'm going to butcher, okay? But you'll get the point. <laughs> People dramatically overestimate, dramatically overestimate what they can accomplish in five years. Mm. But they dramatically underestimate what they can do in 10. Mm. What I mean is, you know where I'm going is you got to mm-hmm. extend the timeline. This ain't no overnight. Like you need to commit yourself to a craft, to a mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. If this was sports, that's hitting the free throws, mm-hmm. hitting the double mm-hmm. every day, be in the gym, every day, mm-hmm. be in the gym. It's not always game time where you're trying to, you have mm-hmm. to take the money element out of it and you have to learn the craft. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. be more patient than you think you can, that you think you should be. And that's the big honest. So they look at my career, like you said, they asked Messi, you know, when he first started, you know, winning big awards, like, you know, how does it feel to be an overnight success? And he was like, well, it only took me 17 years and 114 (laughs) days to become an overnight success. Right. And so, and so I look at where I am in my life from a kid that came from, you know, that shouldn't have made it for a variety of different reasons. You know, I do work inhumane hours as Mm -hmm. anybody that knows me will tell you Mm -hmm. that. Um, and Picasso used to say that luck is real, but it has to find you working, you know, when it actually, you know, which is a bar, which is a bar, which is a bar. it's real, right? That's yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. It's real. It's gotta, it's gotta find you working, but, 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 find it really, you working. But, but it is there, but you know, to answer, to make a, you know, a long story, uh, longer to answer your question about the real estate empire is there's a lot of ways to skin the proverbial cat. Okay, if it was me at this point, I would go and I would be get my real estate license. I just get my real estate license. It's never bad to have a license. Have a license for something. My father always used to say that. Have a license. Mm -hmm. Then find yourself a job at a spot. Maybe it's part time at the beginning. Don't quit your damn day job. Mm -hmm. And that means managing downside risk because the difference between an investor and a gambler is mm. how much you understand the downside. Mm. And as an investment manager, the first job is to not lose f- money. Mm-hmm. And if you go in with the attitude of potentially losing your job to try to do this other thing, you get reckless. Correct. So you need to manage that downside as well. So that means maybe it's night school. Maybe it's taking lessons at night. Maybe it's part-time real, being a real estate agent. You make that first sale and then you're able to quit that job. But the point mm. is you need to be around proximity is power. Mm. Proximity is power. And yes, now more is. than ever, 
with social media, with, you know, YouTube. You don't know how often I watch free videos on YouTube. Mm. I'm talking about for Excel spreadsheet modeling. If I'm in the middle of a model and I'm looking at something and one of my really smart analysts had showed me something and I don't entirely get it, I got no ego in this. I'll get on YouTube. I'm going to watch that thing. I'm uh-huh. going to pull up a little thing. 20 mm. bucks I can do it or watch a free class. Mm. MIT has free classes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Watch the damn thing. So mm-hmm. does Yale. So does Harvard. So mm-hmm. you're literally, so is it about you want like a degree? Like you want, or is, it, is this cap or is this? Like for education, like you want to look rich or do you want to be rich? Mm, that's well said. And the, the, the thing I appreciate about your book and congratulations, The Gift of Failure, is you stress that you're not just focused on the things you did right, but what you did wrong. Tell me the moments in your career where you felt like this was a bad choice, this was a bad investment, so that those that are watching and listening to this show won't make the same mistakes. They're all in there. I mean, at the beginning of the book, I go into, you know, one of my hauntings, as I call it, is I started a global entertainment company with one of the, with a group and one in particular of the most powerful real estate people on the planet, okay, Mm -hmm. out of New York. And we signed the Black Eyed Peas, Diddy, mm-hmm. uh, during the Super Bowl when it was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we had David Guetta, Diplo. I mean, you name it. We were locked in. We were a startup company, quote unquote. We had Facebook as a sponsor, Nivea for mm-hmm. I mean, we, Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. we knocked the cover off the ball. Then the biggest ice storm in the history of Dallas, Texas hit. Mm-hmm. And then chargebacks happened. People didn't show up. Lights were canceled. I had another event for NBA All-Star Weekend that was in Los Angeles that year in 2011, which you probably remember. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be at the Playboy Mansion mm-hmm. before we found out all this crazy stuff about, I don't want to get into it, but crazy, right. scary shit going on over there that thank God we didn't do it. Yep. I'm watching great, the, I'm watching, yeah, I'm watching the news. Okay, we're going to do the Playboy Mansion at the time, as you know, was the preeminent spot, like mm-hmm. hottest party spot, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the news 48 hours before the event. Legionnaire's disease breaks out at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> it is permanently closed after I had an ice storm in Dallas. Oh. That basically came. So I woke, I went to sleep in Dallas, a multimillionaire and woke up broke. And then thought that L.A. was going to be our redemption the following week. And they canceled mm. the thing at the Playboy, had to switch it to another event. We had mm. it was Nate Dog. We heard it was Nate Dog's last show. Trey songs performed, Fabulous mm. performed, Snoop performed. We mm. live streamed to MySpace, which I'm showing my age here, by the way. That was a big deal. I had a MySpace page. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, and so from a profitability standpoint, it didn't work. And so... A lot of, you know, my mentors and people are like, well, Ari, well, that wasn't your fault. I mean, an ice storm, Legionnaire's disease, that has nothing to do with you. And I saw it completely differently. What it taught me was I need to plan for the unexpected. Mm. And so every deal that I've ever done since then, you know, I stress test or I do what they call sensitivity analysis, Mm -hmm. which is basically a fancy way of saying you think it's going to be here, plan for it to be here. And Mm -hmm. if you're right, You don't have to plan for good news. Correct. And so keep more capital reserves. So during COVID, I closed 16 major deals during COVID Mm. while everybody was scared to death sitting on their couch 
just going gangbusters because of the lesson that I learned. And the point is, it's not the failure. Mm -hmm. It's the honest introspection into the failure to Mm -hmm. pull out the lesson to then use later on in your life. Totally makes sense. And and I must acknowledge, too, because beyond your business success, you're raising a beautiful family with your wife, Kelly. Congratulations. How did becoming a father of three change your approach to work? Changed everything. Everything. <laughs> everything used to be about Ari. Ari's time. Ari getting rich. Ari making money. Ari. When Victoria, our first, was born, I literally sobbed my eyes out thinking, mm. I can't even take care of myself. Like, what am I going to do? I have this little human I'm holding in my hand and my health wasn't right. It's in the book. I wasn't feeling good. I was working crazy. Like, and everything then became about them. Mm. And I started to realize, okay, when I was 10 years old, we were basically on government help. We didn't have any money. So, okay, when, when, when Victoria turns 10, that's 10 years from now. Okay, when Isabella, who's two, she turns 15. Okay, when Kingston, he turns. like So everything became mm-hmm. this longer timeline for Ari. Mm-hmm. And once I extended that timeline, mm-hmm. it was, and then took me out of the equation of just mm-hmm. what's about Ari, Jalen, it was magic. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, like it was almost like Moses parted the Red Sea. The mm. universe opened up. And it was like a video game up leveling where it was like, okay, maybe the kid is starting to figure out that, you know, he's not supposed to be an arrogant fuck and, you know, <laughs> actually do things to serve. And which has become the right. ethos of Grassigar, which is that servitude. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a cheesy way to where we're looking to create better systems, mm-hmm. better cost analysis, be- mm-hmm. be- better end user, you know, uh, systems and efficiencies, technology, but with the sole purpose to actually help and not like really like mm-hmm. the pitch sounds good, mm-hmm. but actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And that commitment, like you, like you mentioned, like reinvesting in yourself and then doubling down and reinvesting in your family. Like you said, if it, it parts the Red Sea, it gives you a sense of uh, relief that you're doing your best, but you're not just only doing it for you. But I have to ask you something. What is it like as a parent when you think about your childhood and your upbringing and you see your children who get to be exposed to the best oh, and the brightest Lord. things in life? You're killing Talk me. Talk to me about that balance. <laughs> First of all, the word balance doesn't work. I call it, I call, I call it seesawing. Seesaw. So you have to seesaw. (laughs) Okay. So I have to seesaw one direction here and go fully focused in dad mode. And then I got to seesaw over here because multitasking (laughs) is the biggest lie ever told to humanity. There is nothing more inefficient than multitasking. So I seesaw. That's my thing. And so one thing that I had to accept is there's one thing that I cannot teach my children. Hunger. Correct. Because they're not hungry. Correct. They eat. They're full. Correct. Correct. Do they they have offices in my office. So every day after school, they have their mm. desk, they do their stuff. Trust mm. me, they know dad's working. They they get it. And when mm-hmm. I'm on the phone, they understand it. They respect it. They know where we came from. They're beautifully gracious children. And mm-hmm. you know, their mother has done an extraordinary job in, in all those ways. Mm-hmm. God knows I'm in the office. Mm-hmm. 
probably more than I should be in that mm-hmm. regard. And I've missed a lot of precious moments that if I talk about too much, we probably have to end this call. Um, mm-hmm. But with that said, I know I can't teach them to be hungry, but can I show them? Because kids don't do what you tell them. They mm. do what they see. Mm. Yes, correct. They don't do what you tell them. They do what you they see. So mm. I had to make a decision that I had to show them that, yes, we've been very blessed to have these things. You call it a nice house and good cars and mm. all the things that, you know, we didn't have. But they also see that I'm up at five o'clock every single morning. Mm-hmm. They see I take my vitamins every day. They see I'm in the mm-hmm. gym every day. They mm-hmm. see me putting in 12, 15 hour work days, no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. And so my hope and my prayer mm-hmm. is that some of that rubs off. It definitely will. And I'm gracious that you've taken the time to join me, Ari. But before you get out of here, I have a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do Let's this? Let's f- go. Let's get it. What is your go-to restaurant in Austin? Go-to rest, uh, Soho Soho House in Austin. Is the so, new Soho House opened up here in Austin. It's dope. And I also love Jeffrey's. Jeffrey's and Soho House are probably my two go-to spots. Got to get there to check that. What's the biggest myth in real estate that you're always coming across? That flipping anything is a business. Mm. If I hear one more fix and flip thing, either I'm going to have to go buy the network and shut it down, or I'm just going to break the TV proverbial. I'm not a violent person, but if I was, I would probably break the TV. Please, I I have to drill down on this one because I see and hear that the way you do it on commercials and people talking about, can you describe why the term flipping houses is not positive? It's called gambling. It's roulette. It takes time to season assets. Otherwise, you're gambling. Does, just be, By the way, here's another thing. Just because you made money on a deal does not make it right. Mm. Just mm. because it worked doesn't make it right. I've done deals I made a bunch of money on, and I looked back on thinking, oh, my God, luck got us out of this not sharpening our pencils. Mm-hmm. So people have flipped houses, bought them, and they're in these up and growing markets, but that's gambling. So just because you won at roulette in Vegas doesn't make mm. you an expert statistician that mm. cracked the code that needed to be acknowledged. Also, your producer. In 2020, you produced a documentary about an undocumented Guatemalan teen in New York City. Who's from the same town that my mother-in-law, Kelly's wife, Kelly's mother was born in. So there was a very particular emotional relationship there and we sweep the awards, crushed it. The team did absolutely incredible. The film is breathtaking. And, you know, I've, I've produced a couple documentaries. You know, if you look at my IMDb, we debuted one at Khan about the AIDS epidemic in Thailand and rehabilitating those sex workers that have been sold into it and mm. how they re- were um, basically rehabilitated. Absolutely heartbreaking. And when this one came across our desk, you know, Kelly and I had to jump on it because it was so relevant to, you know, to the American dream, so to speak, uh, that we've been so fortunate enough to be able to be a part of. Um, But yeah, it was uh, five years north was very, very, very special. Are you an inspiration? I'm looking forward to breaking bread with you at the Soho House in Austin. Let's go. Failure. Make sure you go copy it, read it, and learn from it. 
It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining the Renaissance, man. Let's go. God bless you, brother. God bless. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank Ari for stopping by the podcast. I truly admire how he can be so radically honest about his professional failures. So honest that he's actually going to share them in the book that should be released on September 27th. One thing that stuck out to me about Ari is his commitment to his craft, regardless of what it was. Working at a pizza joint, working at a burger spot. Because what people don't talk enough about is how much patience that actually involves. Honing your skills does not, will not happen overnight. I hate to break it to you. You have to have a 10-year plan, a five-year plan, a three-year plan, a two-week plan, a today plan. I love how Ari shared his favorite quote by Picasso. Luck is real. It just has to find you working. Ari became the king of Austin real estate, not because he sat around waiting for success to find him. He set goals and understood exactly what he wanted. So I have to ask a personal question. Where will you be and what will you be doing when luck shows up? How are you now challenging yourself to be better? Is it your next professional degree? Is it learning how to make a free throw in sports? Whatever it is, remember that you're planting the seeds of greatness. Give them time to grow, says the rose that grew from concrete. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.